friends. Thanks so much for joining us for another episode of the Inner Revolution podcast. Today, we're going to have some dynamic thoughts from diverse speakers with a biblical viewpoint. Feel free to stick around and prepare to be blessed. Miracles. What a great theme for 2021. Are you expecting a miracle? Right? David said Psalm 71.7, I am a miracle. That's a great, that's a great way to start the whole year. Anyway, we're just very excited about what God's going to do and what God is doing. And uh, I thought today we could talk about um, being a sojourner and pilgrim. And uh, don't you love Hebrews chapter 11? I, I, I love reading Hebrews 11 and um, just kind of staying spiritually sharp. So, Father, bless our time together today and... We look forward to Christmas. We look forward to this season of, of just celebrating who you are, what you've done, what you will do. We just pray today that you'd uh, hide these words in our hearts. Thank you for the weekend. Thank you for the testimonies, the caroling, the move of God happening in Baltimore and our city. Just give you the praise in Christ's name. Amen. And before I jump into... Hebrews 11, I want us to look at Zechariah, and I was just thinking about, um, you know, who is the real enemy? You know, there's so much going on in our world, and sometimes we can uh, make make something uh, bigger than what it is. We can easily um, demonize something that is not meant to be demonized or to make someone a villain. And uh, I think when we make the wrong thing a villain, the devil just laughs. He's like, I got him. I got him distracted. I got him, I got him uh, making a mountain out of a molehill. And uh, I was just really quickened in my heart, like, what is the real enemy? And I'll tell you what the real enemy is, you know? Hi, Jesse. Jesse is not the enemy. Okay. <laughs> that was perfect timing. Okay. The real enemy, you ready? Here it is. Okay. It's whatever takes my attention or redirects me or takes the place of Jesus Christ in my life. That's the enemy right there. It's anything that takes my attention, redirects me away from, or takes the place of Jesus in my life. Um. In the Ephesian church in Revelations 2, 4, that love, once love is replaced in my life with, with another type of love, then really the enemy has a foothold in our lives. And we've been taught so well that the enemy is Satan, the world, and the world system. It's the sin nature inside of us that wars against the flesh. But, um, you know, we, it's easy to kind of look at things we see in our news and say, okay, that person, that politician, or that system of government, or that, that, uh, that thing, whatever thing it may be, we can uh, make that the enemy. But that's all the symptom of the enemy. It's very interesting. Our society today is not a reflection of government. It's a reflection of the church. It's very true. And I thought to myself when I heard that years ago, I said, how could that be true? And it's very true that really the work of the church affects society. It really does. 
And the uh, and think about it. Eighty-five percent of our churches in Maryland are closed, and that's not a that's a that's a conservative number. They say that ninety-two percent of Christians will not go back to church after the after COVID. It's like what's going on? It's there's a spiritual erosion. So what is what is the real enemy? What is the real enemy? The real enemy is not corona by the way it's just it's it's exacerbating or uncovering a hard issue anything that takes our attention away from christ redirects us away from christ or takes the place of christ in my life is the enemy so that means good things can be an enemy right all right now that i've got your attention isn't that good thank god this church is not closing we'll be like samson we'll rip the walls, we'll rip the walls, we'll rip the gates off the wall, right? You ever feel like that someday? Every day, day. amen. <laughs> I don't know, I just, I don't know, I'm getting feisty in my old age. No, just kidding. <laughs> okay, okay, Zechariah chapter 4. We're never getting old, right? We, we are just faith walking. Look at Thomas. Thomas is like Caleb over there. Look at him. He's like nodding. Yep. What did you just say? <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right. All right. So our mountains, are they really mountains? Are they really mountains? You know, Zerubbabel really had an idea, a real a perspective, and because he was a sojourner and pilgrim. And I would just say that is the key to navigating through this minefield through this web of deception, and to not get entangled with the yoke of bondage. Otherwise, we're going to be magnifying the wrong thing. It's very easy to have our energy lost on fleeting agendas. But he said here, so answered, he said to me, this is the word of the Lord to, to, to Zerubbabel. It's not by might nor by power, but, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Who are you, O great mountain, before Zerubbabel? You shall become a plain, and you shall bring forth the capstone shouting, Grace, grace to it. Now, I know this is a verse that we've heard often, but what a great question. Who are you, O great mountain? Not what are you. What is your name, O great mountain? Right? Uh, it's, it's important to name our mountain in some cases so that we can precisely pray and cast it down. Fear, right? Fear is a great distraction, right? Who are you? Who are you? Okay. There's a lot of anxiety and a lot of, uh, a lot of um, distraction in the mind of someone who is preserving their life. If I preserve my life, I will lose my life. And just looking forward into 2021, I have great hope, like we heard this weekend, that there's a miracle waiting for us in 2021, right? It's all in defining our mountains. It's all in uh, naming our mountains and then and really uncovering the spiritual, um, the spiritual system behind it, okay? All right, let's turn back to Hebrews 11. So think about that. Uh, Paul said this in Acts 26, 17, and 18. And as you turn uh, to Hebrews 11, listen to this verse. And this is our purpose, isn't it? I now send you to them to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that by faith in me they may receive forgiveness of sins 
and share among those that are sanctified. Acts 26, 17, and 18. What, that is the mission of a pilgrim. That's a mission of a sojourner. I was thinking of Lewis and Clark and kind of studying up on their lives. What, a, what an amazing explorer these two men were. And they traveled thousands of miles, I mean, uh, from Illinois all the way over to the Pacific Northwest. They were key from 1804 to 1806 in finding the passageways through, let me see, they went through, I, I wrote down how many, how many country, uh, states they went through, Missouri, Kansas, Iowa, Nebraska, South Dakota, North Dakota, Montana, Idaho, Oregon, and Washington. And these guys, they led 45 men, uh, and they went through the Pacific Northwest, and it's believed that they were the first to see or to record grizzly bears and other plants and animals and to uh, identify Indian tribes and to find, through the Louisiana Purchase, ways to get to the Pacific Northwest, to get to the Pacific Ocean. Imagine that. What a camping trip that would be, huh? All right, honey. Two years, here we go. <laughs> anyway, uh, but just, okay, they were sojourners. They were pilgrims. They had a mission. Their mission was to uh, really not only determine what the Louisiana Purchase was all about, but to also identify the regions of the, the, the United States. All right, so I want us to look at here in Hebrews 11, okay? So, I don't want to find the devil under every rock. It's very interesting. You know, how you talk to some people. It's like, oh, the devil's doing this, the devil's doing that. And it's all, you know, there's time to define the atmosphere. There really is. But my, our lives, as we walk in faith, walk in truth, um, they mock the devil. They will expose the devil. So, we're not like spiritual investigators. We're spiritual explorers. I want to be an explorer, Right? Think about what God's going to do in 2021 in, for, for the mission, right? Think about what's happening all around us. The, the churches that are alive are moving. And you know, uh, it's amazing. Smaller churches tend to be more mobile and quicker to, to, uh, to move. All right, I want to get here for a minute. Hebrews 11, 9 through 13. Look at this. This is so good. I like to read Hebrews 11 at least once a month twice a month, just because it just keeps us sharp, right? All right, Hebrews 11, 9. By faith he dwelt in the land of promise, as in a foreign country. That's an interesting statement. Like he dwelled in the land of promise, as in a foreign country. Living in a foreign country for several years, um, you, are a, you are a contributor, but your, your roots are not there. You are functioning. You're a good citizen, we could say. I remember living in the Ukraine for over seven years, and um, you were part of it, but you were not of it. You, were not, you did not set your roots down there. By faith he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. And he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Okay, that's one of the first characteristics, okay? So a sojourner is a temporary resident, a stranger or traveler who dwells in a place for a time. Okay? And a pilgrim, which we're going to read about in a minute, is all about a spiritual adventure, willing to discover God's voice in your life. 
Okay. All right, let me read on here. It's very interesting. So he waited for a city, which means he was attentive to the work of God, to the way of God, but he was, had an expectation that was above and beyond what he could see. What a way to live in 2021, right? To look, yes, uh, be in the moment, but also looking beyond, expecting great things from God. Because God is always moving. God is not restricted to our limitations or to people's ridiculousness. Isn't that good? Romans 3.3, 3, isn't that good? God is not restricted to our unbelief. All right. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive a seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age because she judged him faithful who had promised. That's the second one. You see that? First one, they were looking for something unseen, and then... She had a conviction, a conviction that God's promise would be fulfilled, and she did not cast away her confidence. And that's a great verse, Hebrews 10, 35 and 36. Do not cast away your confidence for as great recompense of reward. We have need of patience for the will of God to be fulfilled, right? Patience. And she had patience because she knew her God. All right. Therefore, from one man... Him as a good as dead were born as many as the stars in the sky and the multitude, Im- immeasurable as the sandwiches by the seashore. They all died in faith, not having received the promise, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed them as strangers or sojourners and pilgrims on this earth. So a pilgrim, okay, <clears throat> they, uh, pilgrims usher in a slower pace where they rediscover natural inclination to explore and appreciate the unknown. Okay? Let me, re- let me say that again a different way. Pilgrims are like, they're explorers, they're spiritual explorers. They are looking to appreciate the unknown. So our nation has never been in this particular case so blatantly before, in, in my understanding. And we can be caught up in all of the trappings of it, right? The control and all of the um, Marxist mentality, which is very obvious. But that's not my message today, because you don't want me to start talking about that, because that won't get edifying. <laughs> we're going to be edifying, because we're, look at this, first, uh, uh, we're Philippians 3.20, our citizenship is in heaven. Jesus said in Matthew that if this was my uh, if this was my kingdom, I would f- my people would fight for it, but it's not. So as a pilgrim and sojourner, we're moving in a spiritual mission, our expectations of the Lord. We have a faith orientation saying, okay, Lord, I'm going to look for the unknown the un- and the unseen today, and I'm going to judge you faithful because of what you've promised. So no matter what happens, you can do nothing against the truth you can only do for the truth. Isn't that good? Nothing is against the truth, which means nothing, Romans eleven twenty nine 29, can turn around the spiritual objective that God has, in, in, uh, has got in, entailed for this to happen. No matter what happens, no matter who happens, no matter what mountain is erected, no, it'll become a plain. How about this? Isaiah 40, verse 4, every valley will be made low. Every valley. 
every financial valley, every physical valley, every cosmic, toxic valley, uh, whatever, whatever it is that is obstructing you and I today, God says, you keep walking with me and you'll walk right through it. The worst thing to do is to stop. Just like what paralyzed Israel? They were looking at Goliath. They knew more about Goliath than the promise. They were confessing how big he was, how bad he was, how much that they uh, had reason to be afraid. <clears throat> Isaiah 40, verse 4, God says, you keep walking, keep walking, and guess what? I'm going to make you mountain climbers. You're going to pass through or over that mountain. Who are you, O mountain before Zerubbabel? I got one word. I got, I got a couple words for you, mountain. Grace, grace. See, the devil hates grace. He hates it because grace is always creating something and always pointing back to Christ. It, it's incredible. All right. John 18, 36. My kingdom is not of this world. So as pilgrims and, uh, you know, as we read through this, it's amazing how the world was unworthy of these faith heroes. Why? Because they were wanderers by sight but they were not wanderers in faith. They were mission-driven. They were faith-expectant, and they had a conviction. And they, I love this, they embraced, confessed, and they saw them and were persuaded by them even before they happened. So how does this translate to us today? Well, as a sojourner, that means our roots, it's almost like, it's almost like this fruit tree. We have to be really kind of careful. The fruit tree their roots are low, and they're spread wide, right? Now, spiritually speaking, our roots are deep. We know that. But they're also shallow in the sense of the world's uh, ways. You know, you talk to the average per young person today, and I'm not faulting them, so don't misunderstand me, but they're very career conscious. Well, I bet I, our, our landscape is changing in a way where uh, with the one world government, which is very obvious, um, uh, the, you know, it's wise to have a wide, um, wide roots. And in this sense, where we're not, all our eggs are not in one basket, if we could say in a cliche. Our faith is in Christ, but we're also diverse in our, in our way. What does that mean? It means that where our trust is in Christ, so in one sense, that is simple. But we're also very flexible. We're very agile. See, Lewis and Clark, I mean, think about the tremendous trek that they did through the Pacific Northwest. I mean, these guys were armed with the idea of, okay, Thomas Jefferson wanted us to find three things. One of the three things was to find a way to the Pacific. They had a very specific obje objective. When we lose sight of our objective and our purpose, then guess what? By default, we're going to start to hold on to things. We're going to start to uh, fight for something that is fleeting. That's one thing about the communist government is that they hold on to things. They hold on to things so tightly that they kill it. It's almost like stranglehold. Where the believer is generous. They're wise, but they're generous. They let go so that God can give more. So this is not a day to be shrinking back or to protect what we have. Actually, it's, it's, it's the other way around. Uh, it's to uh, be a sojourner and a pilgrim. 
Uh, we have, a, okay, three things. How you doing so far? You all right? Okay, good. I mean, think about the language of a sojourner. Think about the language of a pilgrim, right? What was their language? Think about the pilgrims coming over, right, from England, founding this great nation. What was their, what was their language? Freedom, spiritual freedom, religious freedom, right? They left, the, they left what they knew to discover the unknown. What unknown territory does God have for you this year? I don't know. It could be amazing. The unknown's a little scary, isn't it? We're a little bit cautious about the unknown. We're a little bit like skeptical, cynical. You ever meet somebody for the first time? They're kind of looking at you up and down and kind of wondering, can I trust this person? Like in Frederick this weekend, we had an amazing time in Frederick uh, and just visited. You know, we, every time we go into this one cafe, we always meet people. And uh, we saw these, this, right, Tom? Tom can testify that I'm not making these stories up today anyway. <laughs> no, these people were praying in the corner. We went over to them after they were, got done praying. We're like, it's so edifying to see you guys praying and uh, come to find out they were part of a beautiful church nearby. All right, so what are we saying? Okay, th- uh, three things. We have a spirit of discovery. Don't get too comfortable. Don't get too comfortable. Maybe you're saying, I'm raising a family, or I, I have a house, or I have a job, that's okay. We can still have a spirit of discovery, right, in those stable things, right? But faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. That is the attitude of a a pilgrim, uh, a uh, sojourner, okay? He is moving with a mission. So we are learning to have a willingness to learn spiritually the things that we discover, Okay? A willingness to learn spiritually from those things that we discover. Now, tonight's going to be something kind of interesting with that star. Everyone know about that star coming? Those, what is it, Saturn and Ma- Venus? Jupiter. Yeah. That's pretty, that hasn't happened in 800 years. That's amazing, right? Um, so there's a spirit of discovery. My son and I were going to get the telescope out and the binoculars. And, um, it says right there on the telescope, do not point at the sun. So that's good instruction. <laughs> actually, when you point it at the moon, it's pretty bright. It's actually kind of, oof. So anyway, uh, the spirit of discovery, discovery in marriage, right? Look at these newlyweds over here. Spirit of discovery, right? Not discovering how wicked your spouse is. <laughs> Josh was telling me today that he's elbowing his wife saying, honey, are you listening to this message? No, just kidding. (laughs) No, we said not to do that. Okay. All right. The spirit of discovery, it's amazing, isn't it? Jesse, I'd tease you right now, but I'm not, I'm going to refrain right now. (laughs) Okay. Number two, a pilgrim has a contemplative pace, which means that he or she is moving, not rushing, but moving and entering the thing in front of them. Everyday life is a life of discovery. Imagine Lewis and Clark when they came up along those rivers and they saw the bears and they saw those plant life and they saw Indians. Imagine that, seeing Indians, the natives. Amazing. And then thirdly, a pilgrim or a sojourner, they are finding sacredness in simple things. Simplest tasks, they are finding meaning and purpose. So 
What is the real enemy? The real enemy is anything that takes my attention, direction, or place of Jesus in my life. All right, closing, 1 Peter 2.11. Look at this. So it, 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 takes, it, takes in, uh, it takes intention to, hey, today I want to be on a spiritual discovery, right? Today I want to have a contemplative case, a, a co- contemplative pace. I don't want to be rushing just to get things done, but I want to find God in it. And then sacredness and simple things, right? These are, these are th- and you know what happens? We get to our desired destination. Maybe it's different. The detour may become the road, but we enjoy the journey. By the way, it's all about the journey, amen? Right. All right. 1 Peter 2.11, Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against your soul, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles. And when they speak against you as evildoers, they may be your good works which they observe to glorify the day of thy visitation. Isn't that good? Your good works, not us defending ourselves, but our good works will actually defend us in the day of visitation. So, just closing today, uh, having a spirit of adventure, right? Henry Ford said this, the day we, he said this, he says he fears getting old, and somebody asked him, what does it mean to get old? And he says, when I stop learning, when I stop learning, I stop inventing, I stop creating. I want to continuously be relearning it again. I don't want to say I've arrived, right? I want to be like Lewis and Clark coming up over those ridges and seeing with their with own eyes, not, you know, the Louisiana Purchase. That, that whole purchase, even Alaska, right? Just the way our nation came together is so supernatural. It's really a gift from God. So, Father, help us today. Just give us your eyes today, your attitude today. Lord, help us not to enter into small thinking. We don't want to hold on to what we got, but we also just want to commit it into your hands to, I think it's 2 Timothy 2, 11 and 12. That which is committed into your hands, you will guard, you will keep, you will prosper. So keep us moving in the mission. Keep us moving in our heart. We want to have a spirit of discovery, spirit of appreciation. And uh, help us, Lord, in these days not to let anything take the place, take our attention off of who you are. Give us courage in these days, Lord, in Jesus' name, we thank you. Amen. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Inner Revolution podcast. Please find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Your feedback is always welcome.